0: Good afternoon, folks. It's that time of the day again. It's time for The Elephant in the Room on WJAS 1320 AM and 99.1 FM Talk. This is your host, Sam DeMarco, and I'm joined in studio, as always, by my trusty executive director, John Schneider. And I'm not going to pick on John today. I'm just happy. Thank you, Sam. I'm happy he's back from visiting his family for Christmas. Yeah, thank John, you. John, thanks for coming back in. And our producer, Dandy. Daryl Grandy. Oh, a new okay. one, Sam. All right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, you know, Daryl, we appreciate uh, everything you're doing to help make the magic happen and to get uh, the voices of our guests out to our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, I appreciate having you, Sam, and you, John, here. And uh, first off, happy holiday season, right? Well, absolutely. Now, I can tell you, uh, this is going to be, folks, this is the last show of the year, okay? Uh, when we join you next, it'll be 2024. But we are going to close out the year with a bang because we have as our special guest today, Pennsylvania State Treasurer, Stacey Garrity. Stacey, welcome to the show.
1: Sam, it's so great to be on the show with, uh, with you and John and Daryl.
0: Well, we appreciate you taking the time out of your busy day here. Uh, and I say busy, and I absolutely mean that because I'm sitting here looking at a press release that had come out from your office talking about your accomplishments. You know, I hope to talk about these. But, boy, I mean, you have gotten a lot done in these past three years.
1: Yes, uh, we really have gotten a lot done. Um, so proud of my staff. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really been a
0: fantastic first three years. Well, l- let me ask you here, for, for our, our, our listeners here, you want to tell them a little bit about, about yourself? I mean, other than, you know, uh, the things that I know, you know, a former executive you know, with a firm up in the northeastern Pennsylvania, a former, was it colonel in the United States Army? Yeah, Uh,
1: yeah, yeah, sure, I'd be happy to, Sam. Um, So, of course, this is my first um, public office. Uh, My whole uh, experience before this, I spent 34 years in the private sector at Global Tungsten and Powders, which is the largest tungsten smelter in the Western world. Um, in Bradford County not to be confused with Bradford PA so one of our more rural counties And so it's uh, pretty unusual to have a, a statewide from a rural county Also spent three decades in the Army Reserves. I had three uh, combat deployments um, All to the Middle East and uh, my last deployment was in 2008-2009 where I was acting battalion commander at Camp Bucca, which is in southern Iraq where our mission was to provide care and custody for over 7,000 detainees. Now, I have to tell you, Sam, and you've probably heard me say this, but uh, I hit my mandatory retirement date in 2016, and if I wouldn't have hit that, I would never have run for office because serving you know, in, in the military uh, was the honor of my lifetime.
0: Oh, absolutely. And I mean, they gave you a nickname over there, the Angel of the Desert. Isn't that correct? <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm not trying. I'm I'm making you blush here. I know, okay, but but yeah. you did a phenomenal job, and, and we're recognized for all of that.
1: Yeah, actually, actually, we were the first interim facility to have zero escape attempts and zero abuse allegations.
0: You know what? Being a county councilman here, where we run a jail, I can tell you that's quite quite a a testament to your efforts and to your management there. Congratulations. Thank you. So, so when you were elected treasurer, I mean, you run this thing and I guess for, you know, I always tell people that when you run for elected office, I mean, you need to be successful. You need two skill sets and you have both of those, but those two skill sets are one. You have to have the retail skills to be able to go out and campaign, you know, the ability to uh, meet people and to, you know, for them to find you likable. Okay. Right off the bat. And in order to get elected, but that's only half the battle because once you are elected, you then have to govern and and, and that's critical. And we find too often we end up with people who have one or the other, you know, and rarely both, but you embody both of those. Could you tell us a little bit about after having been elected, what your biggest surprises were when you uh, came into office as the treasurer?
1: I sure can. Well, well, first of all, you know, being the treasurer, my my, uh, my biggest job is to be the fiscal watchdog for the $150 um, billion dollars in, of states' assets. And um, so they're incredibly technical jobs. And so what surprised me initially was that everybody expected that I was going to fire uh, all the Democrats in the office. And, of course, um, I didn't replace anybody. Now, we had some changes in policy. And comms, which is typical. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I kept the staff. I don't know what party they belong to um, because they do a phenomenal job. And so um, that surprised other people. (laughs) And um, what surprised me was I thought there would be a lot of bureaucrats, and there really are not. And I think probably Treasury is unique, but we are an independent agency, and um, they're really wonderful public servants, Sam.
0: Well, that's good to hear. And I think you know that again that's another demonstration stacy of uh your leadership skills and that you were secure enough to come into an agency you know uh stacked with employees you know from the previous office holder and uh you were able to evaluate them and then keep them in place because you felt that they were doing a good job you know and, and quite capable and just at your direction we were able to make some changes which uh you know ended up showing up in these uh basically achievements that you had. For example, you know, I understand that in 2023 or as of fiscal year 2023, you guys had set a record by returning nearly $274 million in unclaimed property to the people of Pennsylvania. Is that correct? That's
1: right. Yes, that's right. A brand new record that uh, I'm really, really proud of. And you know what that means, Sam? That means we return money to more than 174,000 hardworking Pennsylvanians, businesses, nonprofits, and local government agencies, like, you know, counties and and school Mm -hmm. districts. Mm -hmm. So, So it is incredible, a testament to the team. And when you think about it, one out of 10 Pennsylvanians has unclaimed property. So I'm sure that some of your listeners also have it. And they should all check at patreasury.gov slash unclaimed property to see if anything belongs to them.
0: You hear that, folks? You want to give that website again, Stacey?
1: Yeah, sure. patreasury.gov slash unclaimed property. And it's very easy to search, Sam. You just pop in your name, and you can narrow down the search. You can search for your family and friends as well.
0: Well, folks, what's great about this is normally you're listening to elected officials tell you how much of your money – they're going to take, okay, through the form of taxes and fees. And here we have an elected official, our state treasurer, Stacey Garrity, telling us how much money in this last fiscal year she just gave back to 174,000 Pennsylvanians. That was $274 million. That is phenomenal.
2: Can I ask, like, I I know, like, I think I had an insurance premium that was Mm -hmm. returned to me for, like, 40 bucks or something like that. Mm -hmm. But what other type of, like— like, people might not think they have money owed to them. Like, what other type of payments might be returned to these type of people, if I may ask?
1: Sure. So there could be uncashed checks. There could be um, rebates. There could be dormant bank accounts, old payroll checks. It can, they can come from anything that's been dormant for three years by statute. It gets returned to the Treasury. And also, we get tangible items which a lot of people might not know about. And they're mainly from forgotten safe deposit boxes. Um, So that's interesting. And that's largely where we get our military decorations.
0: Okay. (laughs) Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Sure. Um, Actually, that is one of my favorite parts about the job is returning military decorations, which I will say that we never, ever auction off. So this year alone, I had the honor of returning 87 military decorations, which included five Purple Hearts, but since um, taking office, I've returned 406 military decorations, oh, wow. including nine Purple Hearts and three Bronze Stars, and um, as a veteran myself, it's incredibly important for me to, to return these to the veterans or their families because I want, you know, them to know that we honor and we value the sacrifices they made um, to defend our freedom.
0: That, that is phenomenal. You know, it, it, I'm a veteran as well so I appreciate you doing this. And I know how much it means to families, you know, from veterans who who may not be longer here, but who are so proud of the service of their loved one, you know, in this country.
1: It is. And I also send Sam, um, well, by the way, thank you for your service as well. Well, Thank you. Um, But uh, I, I send a proclamation with the military decorations, and I also will return them in person. So, for example, in, uh, Oh, gosh, in in your neck of the woods, we did a return in Westmoreland County um, to a World War II um, veteran. Well, he passed away, Frank Musto, but he had three generations of his family there, and so we did it at a VFW, and um, it was so incredibly wonderful. His family brought his old World War II uniform in a shadow box, and they had all the military decorations there, but they were missing so he he had a purple heart and a bronze star. The one son had the purple heart, the other son that passed away had the bronze star. got returned to treasury. we you know we tracked them down, and um, they had such a great experience that they visited my office in Harrisburg and uh, toured the vault, which by the way, fun fact, largest working vault in the nation.
0: Wow, wow. Now um when we you talked about the decorations there. You know, I understand there was one that was especially meaningful to you.
1: Yes, yes. That was uh, the most recent one. So we connected with the family of the late Adrian Kronauer, and he was a World War II veteran. He was shot in Germany. And this is uh, the reason I love the story. The mm-hmm. button on his uniform saves his life. Wow. Yes. And um, he had lived in Cambria County, um he ended up in Erie. Um, his son was also in the army. His son had passed away, but uh, we found other family members that were actually residing in Dauphin County, and and returned those, to the, the Purple Heart, and some of his other awards.
0: Well, that is interesting. You know, yeah. do you know any more about any more about the story about the button? What happened there? Or just he, I, he was shot. and shattered. Or
1: so that button actually, if the button hadn't been there, he would have died because it have you know, it would have uh, been a heart shot. Oh my so.
0: gosh! Wow, wow. So yeah. So again, uh, for folks that are listening here, Stacey's just talking about last year, her last fiscal year. She returned to 174 thousand different Pennsylvanians, over 274 million dollars, and 406 military decorations. That is phenomenal. Or was that over the entire term? Your entire term here, the military decorations.
1: The 406 is over the entire term. Mm -hmm. Just this past year alone, we did 87.
0: Wow. Wow. Now, you've been busy with a lot of other things in addition to, you know, this, right? I mean, uh, you know, what did you guys do with the 529 plans that so many Pennsylvania families use to help save money for their kids in college?
1: Yeah, so we've done a lot there um, because we've really focused on making the PA-529 better and easier for every family that wants to save. So I cut fees by more than $11 million. So that's $11 million to hardworking parents. Wow. And I so that you can open up an account with no minimum balance and a minimum deposit of just $1 because it is so, you know this, it's so yep. important um, to save for education, no matter how much money you start with. Oh, and this is another thing that I'm so incredibly proud about. So, our PA 529 investment plan it gets rated every year by Morningstar. Mm-hmm. And so we, we've enjoyed a silver rating the last two years. Well, we got our first ever gold rating from Morningstar. And this just happened in November, Sam. And you know what? That's the best rating possible. And guess what? There's only two states in the entire nation to be rated gold.
0: That That is a phenomenal accomplishment, Stacey. You know, I don't know how many people understand what that means, but, you know, uh, our, the credit rating is so important. Okay, uh, because you know, uh, obviously, when you're investing, you want to take and minimize your costs associated with fees and interest and things like that. So that is phenomenal. That is a cost. Yeah, well,
1: yeah, thank you. One of the things that they noted um, in the ranking was the fact that we cut fees for account owners, and so just making what was a was a great program
0: even better. Wow. So I mean, this this is what's so great. Why well, I'm so happy that you're on the show here, so we can share with our listeners, some of the things you've been able to do, because I mean, it just keeps going on and on folks. So not only have you helped, you know, the people who are trying to save for their children's investments for education, and we all see the rising cost of higher education and how it's impacting kids in regards to, uh, you know, student loans and things like this, you know, to help their families be able to set aside, create a vehicle for them where they can actually save so that hopefully, you know, it'll pay for their entire college education if done properly okay, Uh, you've also helped some of our disabled folks. You want to tell us about that?
1: Sure. So a lot of people I found don't know about this program because it's only about six years old, but it's PA-ABLE, which stands for Achieving a Better Life Experience. And it's to help people save for, you know, they have disabilities. And uh, before PA-ABLE, Pennsylvanians with disabilities, and this is just terrible, they were unable Mm -hmm. to save money without risking the loss of access to their important benefits. Um, So we are part of a 19-member National ABLE Alliance, and Pennsylvania is by far the largest. We have about 25% of the assets under management, and um, pretty soon we're going to be making an announcement that we're crossing the threshold of $100 million. So um, really, really proud about that. Wow. But it's a wonderful program.
0: That is phenomenal, and I didn't know about that program. You know, uh, so I'm sure many others don't.
1: Yeah, many don't, um, which actually is why um, I created an outreach team. So mm-hmm. we have regional program managers in all four corners of the state. And what they do is they go out and they, you know, they go to any event they can find. So it could be fairs, it could be community events, it could be legislative events to share these programs. You know, not only unclaimed property, but the 529 and PA ABLE. Um, so that we can, you know, help more Pennsylvanians.
0: Well, that's fantastic. <clears throat> so you're helping, so we're helping everyday Pennsylvanians with unclaimed property. We're helping families and folks save for their education. We're helping people with disabilities. And you're also helping people in Pennsylvania get back money that other states were holding, right? Didn't you just have a big win at the Pennsylvania Supreme, or excuse me, at the U.S. Supreme Court?
1: <laughs> we did, um, you know what? It's wonderful. So we won a case in front of the U.S. Supreme Court. So what happened was Delaware had been wrongly taking control of uncashed checks from this company It was called MoneyGram. Uh And so we sued them. And uh, we were actually joined by 29 other states. Um, But it was a huge decision. And it means that Delaware now owes Pennsylvania $19 million worth of unclaimed property. And when we get it, Uh, We're going to work hard to return it to their rightful owners.
0: Good for you. Good for you. I mean, the the, the hits just don't stop coming, okay? Now, you know, uh, we talk about these things here. Everybody knows about the situation we have nationally with politics, right? Uh, The inflation that's out of control, the interest rates that are making it almost impossible for a middle-class family to buy a home today, okay? Um, And it's important that Pennsylvania be in a good position to be able to try to weather this storm because I know that there are clouds ahead. I can tell you here in Allegheny County, we're going to be facing them because, uh, you know, we have thousands of property assessment appeals, Stacy, that have been filed by many of the office buildings downtown in downtown Pittsburgh and commercial yep. properties. And because the assessment value, when these were originally assessed, was calculated on the rent, you know, and the leases that they had. With a lot of these expiring, these people, these assessed values are gonna be cut in half, or or excuse me, they're gonna be cut. I don't know it'll be in half or it'll be more or maybe less. But the assessed value is gonna go down, and therefore the tax receipts we get are gonna go down. So we we don't even know yet what the ramifications are gonna be, but I know that things like this are also gonna be affecting, you know, us statewide. Okay. So in Allegheny County, we put aside, we have a reserve fund. You know, and our reserve fund is in excess of $50 million, which is, you know, we've had five credit upgrades because of that. But you've also worked with the General Assembly to make sure our rainy day fund here for this Commonwealth of Pennsylvania is sufficient. Did you not?
1: Oh, my gosh, yes. I pushed uh, the legislators uh, like you wouldn't believe because there isn't a dollar that uh, they that they don't like to spend. <laughs> right. Um, But when you think about it, the rainy day fund, it's like the state's emergency savings account, just like, you know, when you own a home, you try to have, you know, a rainy day fund Mm -hmm. in case of an emergency at your house. Um, So I think it's really important to have a strong rainy day fund so that we're, you know, prepared for economic downturns. And the independent fiscal office says we will face a fiscal cliff in just a few years. And in fact, in Josh Shapiro's uh, budget address, Um, what they showed was in four to five years that Rainy Day Fund uh, could be down to zero. But when I took office, Sam, we basically had zero dollars in the Rainy Day Fund. We barely had enough to run the state for two days, if you can believe that. So now, including this year's deposit of $900 million, our Rainy Day Fund has more than $6 billion in it. And that is enough to run the state for more than 48 days. And that's the first time in a long time, and maybe the first time ever. I, I'm sure it's the first time ever that we've been above the national median. So
0: well, that's, that's phenomenal. And and that you know that growth in reserve fund that was noted in positive ratings by all the ratings agencies like Moody's, Standard and Poor's, and Fitch, was it not?
1: It sure was. Yep, it was all noted that the strong strong rainy day fund had helped.
0: I will and tell so, you. Sorry, good.
1: Yes. No. No. Go ahead.
0: I was just going to say, you know, I mean, I, I am immersed in this world of politics and stuff like this, you know, and have been for almost the last 15 years. But I can tell you, I was surprised when I read, even at $6 billion, if people see that number, $6 billion, they think that that's huge. But to see that it only covers 48 days, I mean, that's a tremendous uh, improvement over where we had been. As you said, we only had enough to rate two days. But it just goes to show why you can't spend that money all willy-nilly, you know, and allow legislators to just do whatever they want because it creates holes, you know, in this budget. So kudos to you, the team, and the legislators that worked with you, you know, to build that rainy day fund up. I hope we continue to build it up so that we're able to take and, uh, you know, deal with these, uh, I don't want to call them fiscal cliffs, but but we know is all the federal money that we got through the pandemic is all going to be expiring here, okay? Uh, and I believe that's what the Independent Fiscal Office was pointing to when they predicted stormy seas ahead.
1: Yes. Yeah, so we have a structural deficit which means we spend more than we bring in. And what I'm always, you know, beating the drum about is, you know, personally you can't spend more money than what you have. So the state should uh, they should apply the same standard. And I hmm. think this year we have a structural deficit of one point four billion dollars. It's going to grow to two billion next year. And then it, it bumps up to three billion dollars. Wow. Which is Crazy, which is why we burn through this rainy day fund money in about four years if we don't, you know, change um, either our spending or find a way to generate more uh, income.
0: No, we absolutely uh, need to do some things better. I think we need to ask your colleague, Auditor General Tim Defore, to do what his department can do too to make sure that this money is being spent effectively. You know, uh, because it seems like some of the uh, uh, the other side—I'll I'll call them—in the legislature. They just want to throw money at things like education, you know, but yet no one demands results. No one's measuring outcomes, you know, and th- and that's one of the reasons why I'm so happy and so pleased to see all the things that you're doing. I mean, are, are, are resulting in measurable, you know, and positive outcomes here with increases uh, from the ratings agencies, you know, the, uh, our fund balances and all of those sorts of things. So kudos to you and your team. I mean, phenomenal job. Yeah.
1: I'll tell you a funny story. So, Last year, Governor Wolf called me, and he said, hey, I was thinking maybe we shouldn't transfer the money to the rainy day fund. We should just leave it in the general fund. Um, What do you think? And I said, oh, absolutely not. It needs to go to the rainy day fund, because uh, the issue is once it goes to the rainy day fund, you need um, two-thirds of a vote to move it back over to the general fund, so so he said, "Okay, you twisted my arm. Uh, you know, we can move it over." Although it wasn't his decision anyway, right? Yeah, <laughs> right, right. But but I I found that you know funny. And the favorite thing that people like to say on the other side, Sam, is, "But it's raining now," and I'm like, n- n- "No, it's not. <laughs> we we have a lot of federal, you know, surplus dollars that we need to spend." And as far as education, Sam. It doesn't matter how much money we throw at it. We really have to fundamentally just evaluate it and overhaul it.
0: No, a- absolutely. You know, and I, I was reminded a number of years ago, I mean, Governor Wolf tried to borrow money. He wanted to borrow like $5 billion to spend. That would, You know, it would, he'd spend it like in a year and a half, but it would require like 10 years to pay it back, and it would have cost you almost another $5 billion in interest over the period of time. You know, uh, sometimes... Uh, politicians like to do these sorts of things because they're concerned about their legacy. And I think the, their legacy should be the, uh, the memories of the folks who voted for them, you know, after they're gone, when they see, when they try to do these types of things.
1: Oh, I totally agree. agree.
0: Now, besides all these things that you've done, you've also been a leader in trying to ensure that the people had the access to be able to see these programs as well as others. So could you tell us about what you did there with your award-winning transparency portal?
1: Oh, sure. So, yeah, we do have a, a wonderful transparency portal on our website. And so last year we added information about Ledger 5, and I'll tell you what Ledger 5 is. Mm-hmm. It's how non-budgeted appropriations are accounted for in Pennsylvania. So it, it, it's largely um, health and human services. Mm-hmm. because typically what the, I found, I went back and looked at the last 20-year history, is that we don't budget. They spend more than what we budgeted. And then you still have to pay the bills if it's for, like, for example, if it's a nursing home or the state police, it's, it, you, know, you don't want to be cutting uh, you know, your nursing homes off. Right. And so now people can go into this tab, and it's called Ledger 5, and they can see exactly what we spend um, that wasn't budgeted. So they can see all those dollars. So they're all accounted for. And well, that's fantastic. That, people have been able to see that. That
0: is fantastic. And I'll say, see, I, I'd like to keep you around for the next segment if you could, because there's still, there's a lot more here that you guys have got done, as well as things you're working on advancing here in this upcoming year. Are you able to stick around for a few minutes? Sure, I can stick around. Fantastic. We're, we're going to take a break here to pay the bills. Folks, while well, we take a break, this is uh, Sam DeMarco for The Elf in the Room on WJS 1320 AM. Folks, welcome back to The Elephant in the Room, joined here by Pennsylvania State Treasurer Stacey Garrity. And Stacey, uh, we were talking in the first segment about some of the things that you had done, you know, the returning of uh, unclaimed property to 174,000 Pennsylvanians, businesses, nonprofits, and local government entities, you know, and that was worth $274 million. We talked about, you know, I think you had held your most successful unclaimed property auction ever. Bringing in two hundred and eighty-five thousand in proceeds. We talked about all the military decorations that you had taken and returned. Four hundred and six through the term. Uh, we just talked about. I mean, my gosh, we were talking about the transparency portal. We were talking about the five twenty-nine investment plan, uh, the PA able. You know, we talked about your win in the Supreme Court. I mean, my gosh, a <clears> up <throat> of victory after victory. But there's also more, right? Now, didn't you guys just do something with Department of Labor and Industry, implementing a smooth transition to a new unemployment compensation, debit card provider or something? We
1: did. And um, it's important to note that so my office doesn't, um, we're not responsible for unemployment compensation. We just make the payments. That's labor. That's L&I. Um, so, yes, we had to move to a new debit card, and that took, uh, I mean, that was a whole RFP process. It took over a year. And it was, you know, thank God we had no complaints, because the last thing you want to do is, um, you know, have a, a, a bad transition when, you know, people that are getting unemployment, they really need that money.
2: Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. So, so yeah, it, it, it went perfectly. I mean, without a glitch. So I was really proud about that. And, Sam, the other thing that we did, uh-huh. um, which which really... <laughs> Is outside of my job as state treasurer, but when I ran, I said I would always do everything in my power to fight for veterans and uh, and and defend them. So the Wilkes-Barre VA, uh, so that's in northeast Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. They had our veterans, our heroes, that deserved to live out their golden years and with dignity and respect. Locked down for almost four years, and uh, I found out about it in August of twenty-two. So wrote a letter to Joe Biden, uh, Secretary McDonough, the VA secretary, uh, wrote a letter to the director of the Wilkes-Barre VA, really didn't get anywhere, went all over the media. Um, finally, after a year of beating them up, um, I went in there with Congressman Cartwright, so he's, uh, you know, on the other side, mm-hmm. Congressman Muser. So we went in together on August 21st and um, successfully got them to open back up, which is great, because they had... Um, they had shut down because of the pandemic, and, you know, and they were still acting up until recently, like it was still 2020. And, um, and the Vietnam Veterans Support Group, they had disbanded for three years, and they had had three suicides. So the first thing I got them to do was open that up and then let the volunteers come back in, um, you know, change, uh, change the requirements so they were similar, for people visiting, if you were a friend, if you were a family, if you
0: were a volunteer, so well, th- th- you know that that's phenomenal work on your behalf. Thank you very much. And as a veteran, though, I I am just outraged yes. that our veterans were treated that way and that they were locked down all this time. Because I know one of the biggest things that happened during the pandemic, like with our senior care facilities and nursing facility homes, is Actually, people were unable to see their loved ones.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, and how many people passed away. You know, unable to, you know, say goodbye. Oh, this is just, this is heartbreaking. You know? Well, I
1: couldn't when I found out myself. And so, um, you know, <laughs> it, I, I, I'm i shocked it took an entire year to get it done. Um, but it did. And I did it by, you know, work, working with both sides of the aisle.
0: Well, a, a year is like warp speed when you're working with the federal government. So, you know, uh, thank again, thank you very much. We're working on behalf of the veterans here, and uh, you know, as both of us are veterans, we know how much we appreciate the people who have given so much, you know, in service to this country. And and again, wow, well, well, you know, I I wonder, I'm going to have to try to find out, you know, uh, uh, like around here and some of these other areas, you know, uh whether they're potentially still locked down. Uh, my gosh. You know, thank you for shining a light on that, Stacy, and bringing that to our attention.
1: Yeah, it was it was really unfunctionable. Uh, and um, you know, the more basically they would respond and say we're following national guidelines, and um, so I, I really got a lot of folks involved, and like I said, Congressman Cartwright and Congressman Muser. Mm-hmm. So um, they have finally allowed the volunteers to come back, um, resumed bus bus trips. Let volunteer like the legions come in and do bingos. So, but basically, these folks were institutionalized for almost four years, and we know that isolation and loneliness, um, you know, also kills.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Wow, wow. So, you know, again, there, folks. Here's an example of somebody stepping outside of the boundaries of their position, but using the platform that they have to try to get things done. And Stacy, can't thank you enough for doing that on behalf of our veterans.
1: Well, it was my honor.
0: Now, uh, going back to some of the things that the Treasury's doing, you also, as we look at 2024, you're not sitting on resting on your laurels here on the things you've called this so, for, so far. You have a lot of other things that are taking place right now. Correct.
1: Absolutely. I sure do. So one of those involves unclaimed property. So, there's a bill in the General Assembly, and it's called Pennsylvania Money Match. It was Senate Bill 24, and it actually passed the Senate unanimously in June, which is something that's... that's rare, <laughs> yes,
2: yes. <laughs>
1: yeah, very, very. And it was unanimously approved by the House Finance Committee just this month. And so what that would do was would allow Treasury to return up to $5,000 of unclaimed property automatically. Can you imagine that, removing red tape? And again, something that's almost unheard of in government. Right, right. Right. Wow. Because most people don't even know they have unclaimed property. And so they wouldn't have to come in. They wouldn't have to find it. I would cut them a check and send it to them. And I think especially right now, you know how many people that would help when people are struggling with inflation, you know. Right. Even heating their homes, uh,
0: groceries. And so it's their money. I- and it's their money, right? You're just trying to make them more efficient to be able to give it back.
1: Exactly, exactly. That's that's what I said, folks. It's not our money; it's hardworking Pennsylvanians' money, and uh, we should do everything that we can. You know, there's 14 other states that have similar programs mm-hmm. that work successfully, and I really think Pennsylvania should be the next.
0: You know, along those lines, Stacey, I think that's the beauty of our, you know, our federal government—not federal government, but our republic. Okay, that we're set up with 50 different states where we are the laboratories of democracy where you know we can look and everybody can be doing something different but you're able to look and if somebody has a good idea you know you're able to pull it and implement it here just as when yeah. you innovate and create something here people are able to take and duplicate it you know elsewhere and uh, i mean that's yeah it's it's just wonderful a wonderful thing
1: it is so i'm hoping um you know, I'm, I'm really encouraging them, them to get it passed. Um, the other thing that we're doing is a lot of people don't know, but the Board of Finance and Revenue. Um, when you appeal a decision made by the State Department of Revenue, so Department of Revenue, again, not my department under the governor, mm-hmm. but let's say you're a small business owner, and maybe the Department of Revenue rejects some of your business expenses. What do you do? you file an appeal with the Board of Finance and Revenue, which is under Treasury. And so I'm working with a bipartisan group of legislators to make the appeal process better because right now these appeals are too hard for taxpayers. We have to make the system more fair, and this is really going to help small businesses and, and you know, and, and the little guy. So it's going to make it easier to file appeals. It's going to create a new way to resolve disputes so that they don't have to go to Commonwealth Court. So it's more like a mediation than a court hearing, and it's supported by the PA Chamber, uh, the NFIB, and the statewide CPA organization. So that's PICPA, among others. But, again, that's just part of fighting for our hardworking taxpayers.
0: And and I think that's important. Now, you know, anybody that's paying attention and watches the news, they've seen stories about, uh, you know, folks from their particular states moving south or moving out of these higher taxed blue type states, you know, or, 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 or do you have any, uh, any information? Are we seeing that here to any degree? Because I imagine that some of that would lead to disputes with the department of revenue is folks who now, you know, may be able to work remotely were employed by someone here, but now live in Florida or elsewhere and are just trying to get, uh, their, t- their state tax returned.
1: Oh my gosh. I get people calling me my office and me personally all the time that have been waiting um for gosh like years to get their their wow. refunds. Wow. So even though that's not part of my office, I never turn anybody away. We reach out and, you know, try and help them get it resolved.
0: Well that's fantastic. You know, yeah, I I mean I I personally know some folks who uh who relocated. You know, they moved to Florida and uh so you have the whole 180 day rule, where they have to be out of state for more than 180 days, as well as having to clear their residence there, not to pay, you know, Pennsylvania uh, income tax. Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how that, you know, how that works out. But hopefully they'll be able to take and clean that up over there, and be able to help those folks. Now you're also you have some bills where you're working uh, in regards to the 529 guaranteed savings plan, right? Doesn't uh, Representative Pat Gallagher? have something working, or a bill he introduced? Um,
1: yes, I think he did the House Bill 1745, and that will provide tax credits to employers who make contributions to their employees' 529 accounts. And I just think that's such a wonderful idea. And that was unanimously approved by the House Education Committee this month.
0: Oh, no, I, I think so, it's a great idea, too, right? Just like 401K matches. You know, exactly. it's another it's another thing employers can do if they try to attract and keep and retain, you know, the best employees.
1: Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'm very excited about that. I'm, you know, cautiously optimistic that that will pass. But of course, right now, you know, our legislators aren't coming back to work until, uh, March. March. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, somehow, somehow I I don't think a leak in the roof is the real reason for the delay, you know?
1: Well, no, because we could fix I-95 in uh, 10 days.
0: Right, right. Yes, exactly. Well, maybe we should put Governor Shapiro on that. Maybe yeah. direct him to place a few calls to Speaker McClintock, McClinton, you know? That's a great point, right? Yeah, we fix I-95 in 10 days, but uh, just fixing a leak in the roof is going to take three months, you know? <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Well, Stacey, you have yeah, had...
1: There was a big fire in the Capitol. Oh, gosh. Uh Way back when, and they met in two churches, the General Assembly.
0: Yeah, I, folks who aren't getting the joke that uh, Stacy and I are talking about here is the Pennsylvania State House had had a 102 to 101 vote uh, majority for the Democrats, a one-vote majority. Humble majority. Humble. They call yeah, they, but they act anyway. A- anyway, but <clears throat> but uh, one of their one of their members. Uh, was elected to the district judge position out in eastern Pennsylvania. So he resigned. So now it's tied at 101, 101. And it seems like rather than coming in to just try to do the people's business, you know, that they want to stay out until they have the time to hold a special election, you know, in what is a you know, heavily Democratic area to try to take and uh, reclaim that majority. And that's just a shame. I mean, this, that legislature, I think, has done less, you know, than any legislature in recent history. So
1: I think they worked the least amount of days since 1964. But wow. what I try to tell people is, look, the state should work for you. Government should work for the people, not the other way around.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I, well, and you're proving that, Stacey. When I yeah. sit there and look at all these accomplishments, you know, all these things that you've done, it's it's, it's unbelievable. So, uh, 2024 just a few days away, and 2024 is an election year and you're going to be up for re-election. That's right. So, if somebody wanted to help you, if somebody said, "You know what? That litany of that list that Sam DeMarco went through with with the Treasurer Garrity, you know, on the show the other day, is just so phenomenal that I think she absolutely deserves a second term and wants to help." How would they go about helping you?
1: Well, they could go to my Facebook and um they can make a donation or volunteer, you know, to you know, there's there's other ways to to volunteer. You know, mm-hmm. knock doors, put outside, signs, um, call people. It would be you know, it would be wonderful.
0: Is there a campaign website set up yet, or
1: um, the website? I don't think they reactivated that yet. So we've been mainly um, doing uh, mainly Facebook, which is uh, gosh, I got to look it up
0: here, Sam. Well, you, you got to forgive me. I mean, hey, it's Christmas time. And, and my inner and my inner boy, okay, who was always so excited that Christmas was coming, right? Couldn't get her, couldn't get her, couldn't get her fast enough. Am just as excited to see you reelected as treasurer, you know, and, and trying to, you know, move this thing along. But I'm hey, I'm sure, and once you make things official, you know, and, and you launch, that it'll all be up, and we look forward to having you back on the elephant in the room then, and uh, giving folks that information. But in the meantime, you can visit Stacy's –
1: Stacy Garrity
0: for Pennsylvania. Stacy now is it FOR or or the number 4?
1: It's FOR.
0: Okay, so Stacy Garrity for Pennsylvania. Do, do, uh, dot .com? Uh well that's the Facebook. Oh, the Facebook. Okay. Yeah, you can go to the Facebook now and sign up where you can get updates and things of that nature and when everything's official and it's launched, you'll be able to find the address and everything there. But Stacy, this is this is phenomenal. I can't tell you how much one I enjoyed campaigning with you, you know, back in 2020 and wow and, uh, you know, to see you not not just win the seat, but embrace the role, you know, and to what we were talking about to govern on behalf of the taxpayers, the citizens of Pennsylvania in such a way, I mean it's just, uh, this is what public service is supposed to be about and this is what it's supposed to look like, you know so I can't thank you enough to tell you how proud I am you know, to know you and have worked with you to you know help get you there and uh you know we are going to work just as hard if not harder to help keep you there as we go into 2024 thank you
1: well Sam I appreciate it because uh they're gunning for me
0: <laughs> <laughs> well they 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 seem to always be you know gunning yeah. for for our folks and you know it's it, it's a shame like I said when you you're, you're not just a, a competent but it's exemplary the performance that you have, but Hey, that's politics. You know, our job is to make sure that the people know, you know, how hard you've been working and what you've been able to accomplish on their behalf. And I've always been a believer that good policy is good politics and this is great policy. So I think you're going to be fine, but we're not going to sit there and rest on the laurels or leave any stone unturned. We're going to do what we need to do, but you know, I'm, I'm confident that we're going to return you, office here for treasure and I look so forward to some of the great things you can accomplish in your next term.
1: Thank you, Sam, and thanks for all your support. It means the world to me.
0: Well, Stacey, so, I hope you had a Merry Christmas, and I want to wish you a New Year. Happy New Year.
1: Yes, Happy New Year. Um, I wish you and your family just a blessed and, and prosperous 2024,
0: Thank and you. all your listeners. Thank support. you, and the same, yeah. same to you. Folks, you heard it Direct from Pennsylvania State Treasurer Stacey Garrity. Stacey, thank you so much for joining us on the show. You have a great day.
1: Thanks, Sam. Me as well.
0: John, I mean, when I go through that list, can you believe all this stuff? It's A lot of accomplishments there. I'm telling you, I mean, she is just uh, phenomenal. She's a t- she's a great campaigner. I mean, she worked her tail off in she, 2020. A- a- absolutely, and and you know, and and I, I expect no less in 2024. And I, and I, you know, I look, uh, folks. As we end 2023, we look forward to 2024. There is so much that's unknown. I mean, you can't turn on the television without seeing some sort of, uh, you know, announcement or pr- news release, or you know, you you see some polls, and you know, polls are nothing but more than a snapshot in time. Mm-hmm. So they're not an indicator of what's really going to happen. But there's so much that's unknown about next year. I think the one thing we could say is it's going to be exciting, you know, and uh, we hope to make some positive changes on behalf of the American people. I mean, again, when you look at where we sit today, uh, inflation—you know, it highest rate it's been since the '70s. Okay, uh, mortgage rates highest they've been this this century here. You look at the cost of gas, even though it's coming down, still considerably higher than it was when Joe Biden took office. And while Democrats talk about, well, the inflation rate is coming down, the inflation rate is coming down, but prices have not come down. And the prices that were locked in by the higher inflation earlier are still there. So, you know, the average family is struggling out there trying to make ends meet. You know, record credit card balances right now in this country, as many people are using their credit cards to meet their monthly obligations and pay their bills. I mean, John, we're, we're in a world of hurt. Okay. Um, And I'd like to think that there's hope, you know, hope ahead. Uh, We got an invasion at the Southern border. Well, I didn't even talk about this part. Hey, two and a half months ago, reporter from the Washington post comes into town. He wanted to talk to me about the County executive race. So I talked to him about that race. And and during the discussion, he brought up that uh, we were talking about governor Abbott, in Texas, Mm -hmm. taking and sending buses of these migrants that are crossing the borders to these sanctuary cities like Philadelphia, or excuse me, Chicago, New York. He sent some to Philadelphia as well. And, uh, he told me, well, mayor Ganey here in Pittsburgh said, Oh, we can take some buses. (laughs) And I said, it was ludicrous for him to say that because you can't even take care of the people that we have here, which anybody that pays attention and sees the situation stuff we have with the homeless understands that. So they go back to Ganey And they tell him my comment, and he says, well, that's because I'm looking at it through a racial lens, (laughs) okay? I mean, is there anything that these folks don't claim is tainted in some form by race, right? So I did an interview with Fox News last week where I I talked, and I said, no, I said, we're all for immigration. Mm -hmm. We're for legal immigration. And there are nine colleges and universities in Allegheny County. (laughs) Why isn't Ganey or the other folks – and this will be, you know, a responsibility of New County Executive Sarah Inamorata if she's up for it, is to try to take and create an environment where many of the best and the brightest that are attending these colleges and universities want to stay here, you know, and take some of the ideas that are, you know, emanating from there and turn them into businesses to create jobs and pay taxes. You know, as I told the gentleman from Fox News last week, I said, "Hey, I, what we want? We want immigration. We need immigration." here locally because in Allegheny County, more people are dying than are being born. Yes. Okay. But we want the right kind of immigration. We want legal immigration. And we want folks that are coming here with skills Mm -hmm. and skill sets where they can contribute to the economy, where they can pay taxes and not unskilled folks who are going to come and are just going to take and use utilize benefits and consume benefits. Okay. Uh, And it's amazing that the far left and the progressives can't seem understand the difference there. I know our listeners do because they're intelligent, they're informed, they know what's going on, okay? Uh, unfortunately, so many others don't. And so, folks, we are just a few days away. January 2nd marks the day where uh, Sarah Enamorado will be taken and, and sworn in to be the next county executive. And uh, that same day, members of the county council will be sworn in at the courthouse uh, at, at 5 p.m., and so we'll have a new county government here. And, you know, this is the first time in many years it's going to be new across the board. Corey O'Connor will be sworn in as controller. This will be his first elected term because he was just appointed last year to fill the remainder of Chelsea Wagner's term as she had been elected to be a common police court judge. You have uh, <clears throat> Erica Bruselars, who was elected to replace John Weinstein as Allegheny County Treasurer. You have.
2: Zapala.
0: Well, Steve Zapala is going to be sworn in on January fourth.
2: So why why are they why is he being sworn in on on a different day?
0: <clears throat> I I don't know. You know, it might have to do with you know Allegheny County. Our charter okay indicates they get sworn in that first day. Yeah. But but uh, District Attorney Zapala is going to be sworn in on the fourth, and it's a good thing. Again, that we were able to reelect him mm-hmm. because he will be a steady hand as we move forward here. And somebody that's you know dedicated to providing public safety here in Allegheny County. So, folks, it's there's a lot to be to look forward to, and there's a lot to be seen here as we move into 2024. And we are going to be only too happy, you know, to bring the news back to you here, you know, on the elephant in the room. Uh, and John, I'm just hoping that uh, you know that the change we see is positive as we move forward. I mean, a lot of things happening here. We talk about this. You look at what's happening uh, in Gaza with Israel and and the Palestinians, you know, as they try to destroy Hamas. And you take a look at uh, the Houthi rebels at the behest of Iran, taking and firing missiles and sending drones, attacking our ships as well as commercial shipping out there. And you have a Biden administration that does nothing about it. Okay. We absolutely have to replace him. We have to win back the White House. We have to win back the U.S. Senate. We have a phenomenal candidate in Dave McCormick, a guy that's been successful at everything he's ever done in life, and I think he would be far and away the very best representative we could have for Pennsylvania in the United States Senate. We have great folks running for office all across the board here. You know, Stacey Garrity for Pennsylvania Treasurer. We have Dave Sundays running for Uh, excuse me, uh, Attorney General. We have... Tim DeFore. Tim DeFore is running for Auditor General. Here locally in Allegheny County, we have Rob McCurry who's running for the congressional seat in the 17th Congressional District against Chris Deluzio. You know, we have James Hayes that's running in PA-12. I mean, so there are a lot of great candidates, folks. There's a lot to get excited about and we hope to be part of it as we move forward. But hey, I wish you all of you and your families had a very Merry Christmas. I wish you all have a happy and prosperous new year. Until next year or next week, same thing in this case. That's all from us here, from Daryl, John, and myself at The Elephant in the Room. Have a great day.